0: This is Deanna Joy Lyons.
1: I'm Rich
2: Lyons.
0: We took a left at the valley.
2: Fantastic. That was perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yay, we practiced.
3: I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a and non-believer, if it' You just call it faith and claims something
2: to be Coming at you from Winter Wonderland, Canada, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin and my girlfriend suggested I get a penis enlarger. I did. She's 25 and her name is Kim.
4: Oh <laughs>
5: God,
4: you're horrible! <laughs>
2: It's a joke,
5: guys. It's a joke. I know. Oh, that was beautifully <laughs> horrible.
0: You're going to have to start running those jokes before. <laughs> before the before show. Before the committee. Yeah. I
2: think it's safe to say he has an inflated sense of himself. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me as usual is the team that th- who thought Pokemon was a Rastafarian proctologist.
4: Hey, I know who Pokemon is. Okay, he's my friend.
2: <laughs> she likes kids, <laughs> but she doesn't think she could eat a whole one. Nancy,
0: you're having a hard time today with <gasps> a- with your opening joke. It's so already show. got off the rail.
2: Today. <laughs> Her friend was fired for sleeping with a patient. It's a shame he was a good vet. Christina, <laughs>
4: <laughs> what? I don't. I don't. <gasps> oh my god! There I
0: it just is. Got it. <laughs> no.
4: Oh,
5: Oh. you're...
2: I'm scared now. (laughs) And she thought a flatulence was an emergency vehicle that picks you up after a steamroller accident. (laughs) (laughs) Flatulence. Come on, flat. That one was flat. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, welcome back.
0: (laughs) Good to be here.
2: Hope you had a great week.
0: Well, we it know the show's going to get better. It can't get any worse. It can't, <laughs> can't get any worse than the opening. It's going to be spectacular.
2: So we got some guests in the studios. Of course, we have the Austin version, super secret spy Christian version. Chris the Christian Christensen
0: yes.
2: Woo. Nice to meet you. Doc. Super sexy. How you yeah. doing, buddy?
0: We're always glad to have Christmas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's with his bodyguard, Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. You might regret this decision.
4: No <laughs> one ever regrets hanging out with us, Kevin.
2: <laughs> At first. <laughs> so today we'll be talking. We'll be having a debate, well, debate, not so much a debate, but a conversation between Chris and John, the godless engineer, about the historicity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. By the way, we are coming down, we're counting down to our fifth year anniversary. Wow. Incredible, isn't it? Yep. That's going to be mid March. And I think I want to reach out to our audience out there. If you guys have a question, something you want to ask, behind the scenes, whatever, we will answer it. Just send us an email, mm-hmm. left at, valley at Like, how many com. people
4: has Nancy actually murdered?
2: Her? Exactly. All <laughs> these questions, we will answer. 2,000 years is a lot to cover.
4: Exactly.
2: That's what she got good. She
5: Nancy's now classified as red. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> Retired, extremely dangerous. <laughs> I went to a Catholic mass the other day.
4: Oh, fun. It was a
2: funeral, actually. (laughs) It wasn't that fun.
4: (laughs) Oh, that wouldn't be.
2: Uh,
4: Unless you hated the person, then it would be fun.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, uh, uh, somebody on my girlfriend's side uh, passed away, her grandfather. And uh, it was very interesting to be at a Catholic mass decades after the last one I went to. And you know what? It was creepy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I it was, it was. I thought it was creepy. The whole thing was creepy. What
0: was creepy? Well,
2: the, the incantation, the, the 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 automatic response, the the uh, how, the, how the people would automatically respond, but in a robotic way to the priest and the singing, and, and there was something that I thought it was very interesting because this uh, this is an Italian family, so of course they're Catholics. But the, the priest comes in with a communion wafer is there. And he basically says, you know, um, if you're a Catholic, you usually take communion, right? If you're not, you can stand and put your hand over your heart okay. and I will bless you. Uh-huh. And I thought for sure that Italian family, most of them are going to go have communion. But no, the vast, vast majority of them did not. Really, And I was shocked by that. I mean, the, the older generation, of course, you know, the, the grandfather, the grandmother, and all that, she's now a widow, and all that stuff, absolutely they did, but the, the rest of them, uh, like, my generation, generation, next, and below, none of them to he, communion and I was shocked by this
0: do you I, I not knowing a lot <clears throat> about the, the rituals and so forth could it have been that they had communion at the regular service and if this was midweek they don't take communion no I asked or, a question or, oh,
2: okay I asked okay. a question about that and was, uh, and I said why aren't they taking communion and they basically said it's because you, you don't take communion unless you go through all the rituals oh. which is of course confession okay. and and um, some of, some of these yeah. and apparently the vast majority of them have not, so they felt that they were not allowed to do really? it, or some of them just said, "Well, fuck that crap."
4: Yeah, you they know? probably read the news and didn't want to support a pedophile group.
2: Maybe that too. <laughs> Maybe that too. But it was it was very interesting to see that. And then of course after the the it was an open casket. Uh, yeah, I know you don't see that a lot either, right? And then after that we took that to a maus- uh, mausoleum where it was actually not in the ground but it was actually in you know, a wall and all that and that was oh, interesting cool. too I, they put that link in the ziploc bag for sealing for freshness you know and, and the whole casket and then they hoist it in there it's in a concrete wall and then they seal it they caulk it and it's all very solemn yeah. it was the most solemn caulking job i've ever seen
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you know it's interesting <sighs> and part of it is the difference between us and our upbringing and mm-hmm. where well, you look at things but when I went to the Catholic Mass last October, because my niece, who is Catholic, passed away, mm-hmm. it was an entirely different experience for me. I felt very, surprisingly enough, I felt very comforted by what was going on. Maybe it was because I had a, um, a prior relation, not relationship with the priest. That sounds terrible. But he and I, <laughs> he, we had, um, I had helped to plan the, the, the funeral and so I knew who he was it was my mm-hmm. niece so it was personal and there were people there who I knew and because of their reactions and because of the personality of the priest mm-hmm. I found it a, a very moving um, uh, ceremony so I perhaps that mm-hmm. that might that might be it I guess you know we all look at a um, a, a ceremony of a ritual a religious um, ceremony differently depending on who's there and what we bring to the experience mm-hmm. do you
4: also it's th- interesting to hear yours do you think it might also be because kevin you grew up catholic
2: yeah f- where
4: nancy didn't so for you going maybe, back into maybe. it it's, yeah it's jarring
2: absolutely i mean uh, yeah. last time i was uh, in, a, in, a, in a church in mass i was a teen so mm-hmm. yeah. so it's been it's been quite a while and by the way. Nancy, I see see it's more likely that you would molest a priest than the other one, (laughs) knowing you. Okay, moving on.
6: I I think there's an important thing that was overlooked there. I mean, atheists always ask about miracles and whatnot, Kevin went into a church without spontaneous exactly. busting.
2: There was no lightning strike whatsoever. Yeah. So
6: that proves right there there's no God.
2: <laughs> Moving on. Did you guys hear that the anti-vax movement has been declared a top 10 health threat
5: yes, did. in 2019? I
4: am so About time. happy they did this. Yes. And I just want to go up to like all of my siblings and be like, you're a health risk. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's been uh, along the side of climate change, influenza, air pollution, and Ebola. The, uh, they, they're basically saying the anti-vax movement is actually threatening progress uh, taking some vaccine, yep. uh, prevent, uh, in, in uh, tackling some uh, vaccine-preventable disease. Measles, for example, is mm-hmm. up 30%. The dengue fever is up 20%. And that one, that's one that's transmitted by mosquitoes. That's
4: insane. Amongst other things. Yeah. Like, mm. measles alone, it's like you want, like, people are so stupid.
2: Yeah, exactly. Did you guys ever hear about the Flynn effect? Nah. This was a guy named James Flynn, who calculated that human IQ, and this was in the 20th century, went up three points per decade in the 20th century. Huh. And uh, new research from the Center of Economic Research in Norway analyzed th- 730,000 IQ tests, and the Flynn effect apparently peaked in the 1970s, and have had been declining ever since. See... So people are getting dumber.
4: I, I find issue with IQ tests. Yeah, of course. Because... <laughs> They're not really good assessment of actual intelligence. I totally
2: agree. I totally agree. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's an interesting thing to mm-hmm. look at.
4: It would be interesting to see why it, that specific test spiked in the 1970s. Yes. So, yes, it the,
2: so they're analyzing it. They say anyone born after 1975 is seven points less in their IQ per generation. Nancy, you and I are still on top.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I, I understand that IQ tests can be biased in terms of cultural mm-hmm. backgrounds and so forth. But I, I can see where IQ has gone down because there has been a dumbing down in the uh, educational process, especially in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It used to be when you went to school, you learned how mm-hmm. to think, not how see, to respond. I, I would say
4: the dumbing answers. down process of the education system has yeah. only been in the United States.
2: Yeah. Well, okay, maybe... Um...
4: Because in other countries education
2: it's more pronounced there for sure but it's more pronounced there for sure but to say that we're immune for something like that I think is a mistake but in the states it is completely Mm -hmm. pronounced absolutely Uh, and of course we can always blame our religious friends for that no offense Chris Um, (laughs) did you guys hear about the Gillette commercial
4: yes I've heard about it it made me so happy I've got
2: the clip here let's listen to this this is the commercial as it played
3: Bullying the Me Too the movement against sexual harassment. masculinity.
2: Is this the best a man can
1: get? Is it? Bullying.
3: A problem. We can't hide from it. Sexual harassment is taking over.
1: It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off.
3: Who's the daddy?
7: What I. Actually, think she's trying to say.
1: Making the same old excuses.
3: Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys.
1: But something boys finally changed.
5: Allegations regarding, allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment.
1: And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men.
3: Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on
1: to say the right thing, to act the right uh, way.
3: Bro, not cool, not cool.
1: Some already are,
6: in ways big
3: Yo, men, for oh, and small. I am strong. Ow, strong. Nice.
1: But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? okay? because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow.
2: That's a
5: great commercial. Yeah, okay, Did so watch it? Absolutely. Yeah. This is my first time listening to it. I haven't actually watched it. This is my first time even hearing it. And I'm Hot like like that sounds like I don't see why people well I do see why People are having issues with it because they can find issues in anything. But like, I love it.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, the, 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 I think personally, I think powerful. this this commercial is uh, is interesting, but because it kind of challenges men to be better than what they are. And it's not saying all men are horrible. No, it's, it's not, not even saying that. It's saying you know,
4: it's saying ma- toxic masculinity is we've, horrible. We've, yes,
2: we've made some mistakes, absolutely, and some of us are 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 working are getting better. But it's like inviting the rest of us who may not have been. Keeping up their end of their bargaining mm-hmm. to do to step up to the plate, and there's a huge backlash <laughs> against Gillette. Yeah, and I don't understand why.
0: Well, yeah. first of all, you have to take polarization <laughs> into account. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it was so. I think that it was so brave. And I, it, the first thing I after I, I watched it with my my jaw dropped. I wondered how many other companies are going to yes. start making commercials mm-hmm. that also are either in. You know, have to do with um, masculinity, mm. femininity, role models, but I, I just wonder what they're if they're yeah. going to follow suit. I
4: I think one of the things that people who do have find an issue in this are finding is I find people have a tendency to think that when people say toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. sometimes people think we're saying masculinity is yeah, toxic, yeah, exactly, and that's not what toxic masculinity is is saying that there's only one way to be masculine and that if you don't fit into that cookie-cutter mold, you're not a man.
2: Maybe the problem is with the term. Maybe we should replace the term toxic masculinity with another term. No,
4: I think people just have to realize what the term actually means because it's saying that toxic masculinity is being toxic about what masculinity is. It's saying that boys don't cry. It's saying that boys... Can't be abused mm-hmm. by a woman. It's saying, boys, you know, oh, boys just fight. That's just what they do. It's like no, like,
2: yeah, I agree.
4: Boys can be sensitive Chris, and have emotions.
2: Chris, I'm going to ask your opinion on this because you kind of, you, you. I'm not saying the uh, the, the response is, but you're a bit more leaning right, and it's the response, the backlash against that has been coming. There, have you been hearing that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the commercial? It raised... You need to shave.
6: I need to shave? (laughs) You need to shave. (laughs) My wife's been saying the same thing. (laughs) I mean, for me personally, it raised memories Mm -hmm. um, because... And maybe it's just because I didn't understand the point of the commercial. um, But all I could think of when I heard it was some of the worst bullying and abuse I got in school was Mm -hmm. from females. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in my immediate impression was it was just like guys are bullies guys are the ones like that are always mean to women and i was like that doesn't reflect my experience no no but
2: you yeah, statistically we have to admit mm-hmm. that it usually falls on that side right?
4: um and i'm just going to jump in here cuz i'm curious when and i, I don't want to bring up bad memories for you if if you I, don't want to talk about it when it up, so. when the women when these girls were bullying you were they bullying you cuz you weren't what they considered like a a, a man
6: no cuz i was socially awkward and yeah Told puns
0: and basically everything
2: that still yeah. drives people, well, nuts about you telling puns like yeah. that. You could deserve cause it because I think
4: for women, toxic masculinity affects us too. In the fact that we're taught that men have to be a certain way, yes, men aren't this way, then they're not really a man. Yes, we're because toxic masculinity is in so much of our culture that it does affect women. So, girls are taught that when boys cry, they're being weak. Exactly. Oh, you're being such a girl. Like,
6: no, it wasn't anything like that for me. Like, it was just girls being mean. Yeah. Like, it's one example I can think of. I got, uh, I opened up my locker one time, and just this note fell out, and it was fairly obvious. It Mm -hmm. was not a guy's handwriting. It was way too nice for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All it said was, "You suck." Yeah. Yeah, That's
4: just that's girls being mean. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And I know that's part of high school. Mm -hmm but it's still for me it was a factor yeah. you know like it was and mm-hmm. uh, uh, still not okay i
4: think one thing for you coming from that experience with this ad is to realize that they're not saying all men are horrible that's not what they're trying to say with the ad and they definitely i don't feel like they're trying to get across that no. men only experience bullying from other men because that's just not true
3: mm-hmm.
4: but i think they're trying to show that When we, when men do experience from bullying from other men, that though like men should step up and say no, that's not okay. Yeah,
6: exactly. And if that's what they're saying, then I'd have no problem mm -hmm. with it. But that was like probably the second time I've heard that commercial, Mm -hmm. and all I've kind of seen is just. People arguing about it. I haven't really studied. Yeah, yeah, sides or and things. something
2: like that. People are going to argue about yeah. it. And you, and you know what? I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna be a bit of an ass here, but in, if you if you have a problem with that ad, if somebody out there has a problem with that ad, you know what? Companies like Gillette calculate. Oh, they calculate that before yeah. releasing an ad like that, is it worth enraging this segment of the population? And that segment of the yeah. population is, I hate to say it, insignificant. And It's voiceless, it's loud, but it's, you know what, <laughs> Gillette has countered and you know what, you're not that big of a loss. Well, and also so realize the ad.
4: how much free advertising Gillette has gotten in the oh, last yeah. Just because either. of this, yeah. It is insane, like every, like. Everyone is talking about it. I've been shaving twice
5: a day now. Just well, yeah, and that. think about what their slogan is, the best a man can get. And they're questioning that. Like, is this really the best that we can, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, exactly. They're kind of questioning that. And anymore.
4: I really liked that they've changed their slogan to be the best a man can be. That's, yeah. I, I actually really like that.
5: Yeah. It's been well, a while since I a commercial. Chris, when,
0: when you think about that commercial, could and you, you turn it a little bit and think of it in terms of the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. does it change anything for you?
6: Oh, for sure, yeah. like it's. I definitely don't deny that women mm-hmm. have been abused and that that's something that needs to be fought against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah. I, I think in my head, it's just like... It's just t-
4: triggered more well, personal, yeah. The thing is, yeah. the Me Too movement isn't just about women. Because in the commercial, the sexual assault survivor was a man. It was Terry Crews. Because oh. if you watch the commercial, it's him in front of, I believe it's Congress, and it says sexual assault survivor mm-hmm. because it's him talking about being assaulted by another man. And that's when he says other men have to hold men accountable, mm-hmm. because he, if he came when he came forward, people were like, oh, well, you're a man, you wanted. Like the issue, why men are pushed down with sexual assault is because oh, you wanted it. Oh, guys, the only thing they think about is sex. So oh, if a woman like raped you, then oh, you it wasn't really rape because you wanted it.
2: I'm just gonna and that's a-
4: something that has to be stopped.
2: I'm just going to make a quick parenthesis here before we move on. Um, I think a, a lot of guys are fighting back against this because it, it, when you're a man and Chris and Michael I'm sure will be able to confirm this, you're alone. I am a man. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, we 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 Definitely we get it. We get a man. That. We get that. A man. But we, you're also alone. Um, there is no brotherhood so much. So it's so, and women have a tendency to stick together. Uh, so so when you have guys that come in and say stuff like The Bros Before Hoes That's their attempt to establish a brotherhood And when they see something like that it kind of, It's one of those things that kind of makes them feel like They're being put back to being alone as a man The world is against them So I understand why some guys feel attacked But they need to look deeper into it But anyway That's enough with the Jolly commercial Moving on <laughs> Seth Andrews You know Seth?
4: Uh, Yeah, he's amazing
2: Seth has had a tragedy in his life, and we're very sorry. His dog, Henry.
4: I heard.
2: Yeah, he was a rescue from a puppy mill in uh, 2014. Uh, He had some dental complication, and he died on the operating table. Oh. Now, Seth and his wife decided to uh, open a GoFundMe for the Humane Society of Tulsa, because they live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and uh, to get $15,000 to get a new van for this Humane Society with the image of Henry.
0: Oh. And they got
2: that gold. They reached that gold in six hours.
0: Seriously? Oh, my gosh.
2: Yes. Now there's enough money in the GoFundMe. Now they might get like a two-story high van or something like that. It's like...
4: Oh my God. It's gone way
2: beyond. A double decker. Yeah. So, con- congratulations, huh. Seth. And, uh, and if you still uh, want to really, donate, really you
4: can hop over there. Absolutely. And,
2: donate. and we're really, really sorry about Henry. I know Henry but that's such was a, a bit of a way to fiction mascot.
0: To, to honor you know, Henry mm-hmm. and to spread so much good for so many other, exactly. other people. Congratulations, Seth. Way to go.
6: Um, Seth is part of the is a Thinking Atheist
0: Yes, yes. 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 A- yes. A Thinking
2: Atheist podcast. Yes, that's right. Yeah, maybe we should mention that because we know, but, you know, people that might not follow him don't know.
0: Well, that's why we have Chris here. He that's just puts right. us, he makes sure that we're, you on my know, show. puts that's, us on the straight and narrow.
2: Everybody's been doing that lately. There we go. <laughs> Did you guys hear in Israel, there's a, a museum called the Haifa Museum of Art? And they, <laughs> and they, and they have a Ronald McDonald on a cross. Yes. <laughs> a piece of Ronald McDonald crucified on a cross.
4: No, they should have done the last dinner. <laughs> but with McDonald's
2: <laughs> so apparently uh, uh, they had that for months and there was like rumble from the Christian community but eventually the Christians came out and there was like hundreds of protesters that protested the make Jesus so this is from Finnish artist Johnny uh, uh, luningen and uh, it's basically his piece to criticize how religion uses consumerism in order to prosper it's uh, a but, good way but the, the protesters were throwing stones and like, even firebombs at some point so now, make Jesus has been taken down
4: such a peaceful religion. <laughs> it's been taken
2: down, and it will return to Finland. So Aww. that's what's going to happen to make Jesus at this point.
0: Well, it was it was in Israel, which you know was a t- t- tinderbox in terms yeah. of religion of anything feelings. Anyway, yeah. I'm surprised. I, I wonder. Did you did you read anything about um, how it? was approved in the first place, knowing that, or did did the museum want to have that controversy so they would be seen as being open-minded about Art and artists and their uh,
2: work? unfortunately the article didn't mention anything oh, okay. like that. Is
0: that? I wondered. I wondered that. It's a good part question it.
2: though. It's a good yeah. question. We'd we'll have to dig deeper about that. Yeah. And last but not least, this is the beginning of a new year, 2019, and it would not be a good year if we didn't have Christians end of the world predictions again.
4: Ooh, exciting! How many times are we going to die this year?
2: The next, the end of the world is happening January 21st oh. this year. Of course. Is that with the, the super super blood. wolf blood yeah, moon? Yeah, that one. That's oh. right. The world is going to end again. I
4: actually had a sister. I think I've mentioned this. Before. Before. I had a sister that tried to convince me the world was going to end like a couple years ago with all, like, there were, when there was like four blood moons in a year. That was fun. Yeah. What's the date this year?
2: The January 21st.
0: Jan- oh, right so around it's the
2: corner.
4: coming up. Yeah. yeah. So
2: apparently, the super wolf blood moon, apparently, there's 28, 28 of them moons like that per century.
0: Oh, wait, that's Monday.
2: It'd be Monday, yeah.
0: So we just got the weekend. Let's live that's it the up. the
5: last show. <laughs> oh, oh wow. no, not well, just... Monday. That's when I'm talking about starting my new job. Oh. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm sorry to announce that this is the last show. Chris, it was great having you, man. Last show. You can debate history, C.D.G.'s See one last time. <laughs> last time. See you uh, guys in hell. Last uh, time these Christians predicted the end of the world was July 21st of last year. So if it doesn't happen once or twice per year, it's not a Christian
4: what year. What year? Yeah, like, is that even a year?
2: <laughs> what group is doing this? I'm, it's not a particular...
4: Yeah,
0: let's not blame all Christians. It's this not, not a particular group, up. but this
2: is from a guy called uh, John Hagee. And he's one of those uh, end of the world study prophet/ slash et he,
0: does he have any does he have a large following is he respected or is he fringy
2: yeah you know you know you Christian authors you tell me I guess
6: within certain communities he's pretty big um,
2: keep your mouth on the mic
6: sorry within certain <laughs> communities he's pretty big if he's well respected right across the board I'm not sure he wow. really feels kind of or feels kind of a, a niche market with Christian writing.
2: But is there, can you say that of any figure in Christianity? That's respected well across the board. Yeah, that's a good question. Besides maybe the Pope and even then. (laughs) It's a good question, isn't it? Anyway, moving on. My dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us?
0: I do. And this is really different for me because I took a giant leap with... Because I know nothing about this topic. Usually, you know, we 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 talk about you know education, what countries are you know have the best education system, or the top ten books, you know, children's literature. You know, we're all this is I know nothing about this topic, but I thought other people really would be, and so I learned from this topic, RPGs and ludological. I don't even
4: know what you just said.
0: Yeah. Rocket <laughs>
2: Propelled Grenades? <laughs> what?
4: Role-playing games. Oh, okay.
0: <gasps> okay, I know this.
5: now. That's where I thought you were going when I heard RPG. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. We might actually know and, all of these. And JRPGs, which are Japanese role-playing games. So I was with Rocket Propelled Grenade. That. I don't know. So this <laughs> is going to be very interactive. This is the best video games of all time. I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm um, so, so so, so ready for this. Oh, no, I, you I guys knew. are
2: way too enthusiastic about this. Oh,
0: um, video games are yeah, the that, best. That's, that's why I my did house.
5: it. That's why I did it
0: because yeah, I, I I I knew I knew that you guys were stoked about this. Okay, number ten is Tetris. Okay, I
4: hate Tetris, which came out in so 1984. That was the building blocks, blocks
6: of video it.
4: games. It was, but I hate it with a passion. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> okay.
0: It explains this game. Tell me if this is spot on or not that it's a game of pure abstraction. Yep. And yep. fitting definitely the blocks together—that's that's what the fundamental yep. game is. I'm so mad at it. It calibrates <laughs> your perceptions as you explore it, and that's what a game is all about. So, how mm-hmm. do you feel about Tetris?
4: I, I definitely think, agree. It should be on the top. Oh, yeah. for sure. But I hate it. So.
5: It's a classic. I do enjoy it. <laughs> I'm nowhere near like I haven't played it in Tetris a long time. Was,
2: Tetris was so popular and such a win for the video game world that they actually made different versions mm-hmm. of Tetris. Yes, like Doctor Mario, where you had essentially pills. It was the same format, but it was instead of blocks, it were like pills. It uh, yeah. matched together. It's a bit like a Connect Four kind of game, right? <laughs>
5: okay. It's a nice game to just kind of play if you have it on your phone. Just kind of play to I'm, like a little for a little more bit into of time. Like
4: the bejeweled kind of games. That's fun too.
0: Okay, number nine. Metroid Prime, which uh-huh. came out in classic. I have classic. not played that one. <laughs> okay, it says about this game that it's everything that made Super Metroid brilliant, which was a sense of isolation and so forth and so on, it remains intact with the Prime game and it added an evil beauty to the surroundings mm. a creepy story of ill-fated alien civilizations and told without breaking the gameplay mm-hmm. so do you agree with that is that a is that a pretty good game
2: it is a good game and and the the biggest um, surprise! This game was for the players is was to find out that the lead character. Because, um,
4: um, spoiler alert. Well, everybody pretty much everybody knows, knows this
2: one. Okay. But, but the lead character, of course, all you see is a a, <laughs> suit. a, a humanoid character in a yeah. suit with a helmet, shooting with their gun. But at the end, turns out it's a female, it's a woman in that suit. Yeah. nobody ever thought about it until they, that was revealed. Wow. What I want to know
1: about Samus is she's like Samus first Pokemon, ever. and how is she going to ball form and still come back out? Come
2: <laughs> she on, was that's the real question. <laughs> he knows. His game. Yeah, his I
1: game. can
0: tell. Okay, <laughs> number eight is a game called Portal Two. Yeah, oh, it's so is, fun.
4: Is that? Is that oh so fun? my gosh! Yes, I've never played it, but I've watched Kirsten play it, and the little robot dude is awesome. Good. Wheatley. Well, yeah, well,
0: Kirsten, see if you agree with this. It says Portal Two turned out to be a beautifully rendered and addictively engaging piece of form and content uh, as a single player. Single player quest, the game is so consistently inventive mm-hmm. that it can be downright exhausting. Yep. It has a lot of laugh out loud humor, yes, mock dystopian, sci yes. fi <laughs> conceits, and a good cast of characters.
1: It's also a good game to speedrun.
0: Good, yes. sp- good one to what?
1: Speedrun. Speed run. So you have to do the game as play the game from start to finish as fast as
2: possible. Okay. I think we got a video game expert
1: among you. Yeah,
0: year. yeah, boy. Uh, I, good. I'm glad I. am glad I tackled this one. Okay, great. Um, number eight is one called Near Automata. Uh, Automata. Automata. Yeah, 2017. <laughs> Thank you, 2017. Anybody played that? One? I haven't,
5: but I did want to. Okay. I've seen gameplay of it. It looks pretty cool.
0: It's supposed to be a straightforward open world action title one that can be completed in about 10 hours oh, nice. this is the Decent. one that um uh, when i was reading it i had to look up the word because it reveals itself to be one of the most unique eutological and existentialist exercises ludological I don't know. The study of games. Ooh. 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 we can now add that to our
4: vocabulary.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here amongst a bunch of.
4: Nerds. Unashamed nerds. Unashamed nerds. shame
0: definitely. So, is that a. Is that a Good one to play. I've wanted to play it. I haven't yeah. played it yet, mm-hmm.
1: personally, because
5: games
0: Michael, are transfers. But is the... I
1: haven't played it. I usually oh, stay good. away from the open. RPG well, it's supposed to be online. number eight, so that they just it. consume your life.
0: Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, number six is called Chrono Trigger. which Yeah, I'm came not surprised that, that you... that's on there. Yeah, are you surprised it's on there? No. Oh, you. Oh, I've seen a lot of it.
5: I haven't again played it myself, but I've seen.
2: I think they're starting to lose me because I'm from the era of Pac-Man, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) This is where I had to look it up because it says that this game is uh, um, a conversation ending que- answer to the question why do
4: you like RPGs? Ooh, that yeah. sounds interesting. It's,
5: I believe it's one of those games where the choices that you make impact what happens in the game.
4: Oh, I love those. Mm-hmm. Those are the best. They we are. used to
2: have that in book form, you know? Choose your own adventures. Yeah,
4: yeah choose your exact- own adventure. Those play, yeah. are so fun. Go play but- Mass Effect. Oh my gosh! Oh, I, I love the... Mass Effect. Dragon yeah. Age is my favorite. I would high five
2: you, but
6: you're too oh, far away.
4: <laughs> Dragon Age is I'm the best. <laughs> I'm sitting with nerds. Sitting with nerds. <laughs> Don't include
6: me in that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Shadow of the Colossus oh, oh my god
1: yes. that game looks amazing I, play I
2: haven't played it yet yes. so don't give anything away but. oh really?
0: yeah
5: I haven't played it yet either
2: Okay, I'm not giving you a spoiler but the first time I played this there was this awe because you're you, you're going away and all of a sudden you see this lumbering giant figure and it is gigantic and the, the you you get your little character and you, he takes this huge slow swing as he comes down at you with this big stick to try <sighs> to crush you and you think you know oh my god it really gave the feeling of this giant yeah. trying to crush you it's like oh my god it's
5: impressive the way they get that size difference in yes. there
2: the size difference was, like, was it says that this it.
0: game is a bloodlust haven <laughs> <laughs> it, perfect sort for me
4: of as long as I can use a sword I'm happy oh here we go yeah. <laughs> I'm bad at shooting. <laughs> You should have seen the first time I tried playing Mass Effect. I'm like, how does this work? Give me a sword.
0: Okay, number 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, okay. came Duh. out in
4: 1988. That's the that's
6: classic. such a that's fun a, game. That's a classic. There's one I played. <laughs> Same here. I'm
2: surprised. I grew up
4: watching my brother play it, and he knew all like the secret levels and stuff. So he'd like jump into the clouds, and I'm like, "This is so cool."
7: It
0: says that this one has the greatest platformer ever conceived, and it has eight of them, and its numerous inventive obstacles. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a really popular. It's number four, so it's
4: yep. pretty well up I, I I would say almost every gamer has played it. That's a good one. Or a Super
5: okay. Mario Brothers in some yeah. okay. way, shape, or form. Yeah.
4: Number
0: three, Final Fantasy. Oh, yes. Yes. Six. Six. yes. From 1994. So this one's been Final Fantasy been around Six. For a you say? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's there's, a, there's been a lot of those things. There
0: and it says it's a, there's a classic South Park episode that mocks the fact that if there's a joke you like, chances are the Simpsons already did it. Yeah, so. it, It's
1: a game you can, that can be summed up by which type of mage you like to play as, white, yeah. black, or red.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's racist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Number <laughs>
0: two
4: is Red Dead Redemption. <gasps> yeah! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy they added this game. So what's good about that one? It's amazing. Well, Yo, Thank you. Can you be it's, more vague? <laughs> yes.
1: You get to be a cowboy.
4: You get to be a cowboy. But and, like and realistic a and cowboy. And name your horse. Yes. And you get to catch horses.
1: I haven't played it, but I want to. Oh,
4: it's fine. Oh, the second so game. Fun. Also, the second game, they've added the... So, there's a new Red Dead Redemption gate that just came out, I think this year. It's Red Dead Redemption 2, and they've added a new feature that I haven't seen in any other game. It's called cinematic mode. So, when you're just walking places, or it's usually when you're riding a horse, you can turn on cinematic mode and it turns into like a movie with like wide sweeping shots, and it's freaking gorgeous. I think other games have had that, can
5: but you, not so much in can, an RPG John Wayne.
4: No, no, but that no. would be funny if there was someone named John Wayne that you could shoot. Would I would be, be surprised if there was. I wouldn't be surprised either. anybody want to guess what
0: number one is? I, I have.
2: It's out of my league. So pong. I'm not even gonna.
0: Pong.
6: <laughs> Super Mario Brothers one. <coughs>
0: I, Number I, one I no is The Legend of Zelda. Oh, my God, Majora's yes. Mask. Oh, it came out oh, in 2000.
5: I want to play it so bad. I love The Legend of Zelda. Have, you,
0: have you played I
5: it? haven't played Majora's Mask, but I have played other ones.
0: Yeah, I had a girlfriend that was just absolutely addicted to Zelda
4: years ago. I don't a know mute. when the first one came out. A long time ago. Long it's just the
5: graphics ago. are beautiful, and the music is so mm. beautiful. Apparently, the
4: newest one is draw, jaw-dropping as well.
0: So everybody pretty well agree. Would there be another one that you pick as
4: as number one? Um, oh,
2: you about the world of video I think games. Dragon
4: Age should be on there. Somewhere. Which one? That's <laughs> just because you love it so much. Which That's, one? Crystal? <laughs> I said Dragon Age. Oh. Not at the top, but at least like in the bottom three.
1: Dragon Age <laughs> should be on that list. Oh, well, maybe not on the list. What it should be included, and yeah. uh, one another game that should be definitely on there would be like. Horizons of Dawn that's just come out, and they're yeah. the second one. It's a, it's an RPG and it's fantastic. Or like the Last and the lead, of Us lead character is a female. So oh my god, the last, an, an the last of Us is an
0: outstanding game. Well, it was interesting I... with the different lists that I look at, and usually when I do this, I look at two or three different lists mm-hmm. depending on you know what the source is, mm-hmm. because you can look at a list and you can look at another list that says top ten, and sometimes they're mm-hmm. wildly oh, yeah, different. But most of the lists had Zelda. Um, at the top not, I'm
2: yeah, not
5: surprised
0: the, I'm surprised you didn't see one, two, one of the
2: God of War because that's been a series
0: that yeah. has been really
2: putting a lot of
0: it could be on a different yeah list. it probably is yeah. yeah.
2: well the other thing
1: you have to look at too is like the age of the author of the, that's doing the yeah. that's the a series. good point if yeah. the person is exceptionally young you're going to get these types of games and if the person's uh, middle-aged
4: or mm-hmm. older. Also, if they're like hardcore into gaming, they might include said Dark Souls. I had Souls. to look at someone
5: when I talked to them. <laughs> for thing. for, for any, like the most difficult game in the world. For anyone who like
4: is really in-depth gaming, I'm pretty sure Dark Souls would be on one of their top ten list. But for for like me, Dark Souls is terrifying. Because I would die instantly in it.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna stick with, that's the whole point of this
4: game: know. game
2: is to die often. I'm I gonna, think I'm going to stick with Donkey Kong.
4: I think the
5: Legend of Zelda. The thing about that is, it's not something that just like one generation knows.
4: Mm, yeah, mm. it's 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 very much continue.
5: like Mario. As in, like there are multiple generations that will have played it in different re- one form or another.
1: Who here has heard about Skyrim Grandma?
4: Oh yeah, yeah Skyrim. I know, I know. Skyrim
1: Grandma, is amazing.
2: I'll take your word for it. All right,
4: my that dear. That was fun,
2: my dear. My dear Kirsten, you ready for another brilliant moment? I
5: sure I am. To you
4: by religion?
2: Oops. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's the
4: wrong Nerd. Well,
6: you know, if you keep making fun of nerds, Gillette's gonna get after you.
4: Yeah.
6: <laughs> oh, that was a fun conversation.
5: Except,
4: except, nerds don't shave. They have neck beards.
0: All right. <laughs> oh god. Here we go.
4: No, it was fun to do
0: it because you know, I was looking at all of it and it's like I have no idea. Of course I understand what the <laughs> games are about, but it was so far over my head. It was nice to be acquainted with things that other people are so familiar yeah. with. So thanks for being, you know, getting right into the middle of the, no problem. the conversation. Next we'll have to
4: do like board games.
5: Yes, I had thought of that a long time ago. Yeah, okay. Right, let's go. Moving on. All right, everybody quiet. <laughs> Silence. No. Never.
4: You'll never make me. <laughs>
5: A female student has allegedly been expelled from her Muslim university in Egypt for, get this, (gasps) hugging her fiancé after he proposed.
4: (gasps) I know, right? In public? Yes. In public. A hug?
5: Al-Azhar University, a part of the Muslim country's conservative government, said the viral video showed the female student hugging a male under... Undermine the school's reputation. <laughs> what reputation horror is that?
4: Of that Different
5: genders are strictly segregated at the school, and even a proposal isn't enough to alter that rule. Even temporarily. It's also irrelevant apparently that the video was filmed at a different
2: school.
3: <laughs> oh shit. Whoa.
2: What kind of reputation do they have? Come to a Muslim you or just and you boring won't have as hell? Apparently. The Were video,
5: <laughs> which went viral earlier this month, showed a young man carrying a bouquet of flowers, kneeling before a young woman, and then hugging her in what appeared to be a marriage proposal.
2: Was she wearing a furl of the full Birkin? I don't know. Because <laughs> how would them. he know if you had the right one?
5: Shit. <laughs> the Just
1: video his grandmother. The
5: video was apparently not filmed at Al-Azhar, a branch of Egypt's highest Sunni Muslim authority. Um, but at another establishment, Mansoura University in the country's north... Nevertheless, the disciplinary council of the Al-Azhar University campus in Mansoura on Saturday decided to expel the young girl definitively, university spokesman Ahmed Zari told AFP. So, did the, the man also go to this college? It doesn't say whether it didn't say whether or not he did. I don't think so.
4: Okay, because I'm like, if they just expelled her and not him. Well, I I feel like he
5: might... Mu- I don't know if he maybe went to this other college yeah, they that they were
4: did. at. Otherwise, they I don't know why they'd be there. You
2: know what? You know what they should, should do. I mean, they should just redo a video like that. But if you're going to be expelled for it, you know, really grope him really good. Oh really or grab even, him by the package and start yanking. You know, even
4: kiss him. That'll that'll No, oh. so, so oh, that
2: might actually get her killed.
4: So the yeah, university very true where she <laughs>
0: The rules are that no hugging in public anywhere, anytime. Well, regardless... they keep men
5: and women like strictly segregated,
0: right? Is that all? Is that part of, of Muslim um, well, culture anyway? It,
4: yes, because I know in Muslim ruled nations, like women have to be like escorted by a like their dad or husband, and they're not allowed to be unaccompanied with someone of the opposite gender or they will get killed.
0: So that brings up the question whether we agree with it or not. No. She was aware of what the rules are and they broke them. Yeah, but and it's, so what it, it, should it, it, the consequences be other than a revolution to be able to bring democracy yeah. you yeah. know to, to the country well, that's, you, that's a problem you yeah. talk
2: about a religion in a country that forces women to dress up like garbage bags I mean
3: yeah.
5: Yeah. and she can appeal the decision but there's no guarantee that that will actually benefit her yeah. in fact there's an extreme risk of backlash and a little chance of success yeah. so it's kind of like what's really the point
0: so there goes her Just whole college education
5: yeah Yep, which is well, a
0: horrible. I mean, you know, if they, there, there's other punishments, but I guess, you know, they decide to go to yeah. the extreme, which is a shame.
6: It Backlash is in those countries might have a very literal meaning. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. that's why it's like, is it really worth?
0: Saying come something. to Canada, we'll we, we, welcome we you. Can,
2: we can agree that Islam needs to do what Christianity did in a few centuries ago, is have a, a really big reform yep. and really come out of the dark ages. For Christ's sake, I mean, you <clears throat> you to the point there where you, a hug will get you into trouble. It's like, come on, pun intended. There, Kevin, Just... <laughs> <laughs> did you notice the pun? I, I totally notice noticed
5: the, the pun. pun. <laughs> I the pun
4: went straight over my head. I have no idea. Whoosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a whoosh moment. How's right your now?
5: head? <clears throat>
2: All right.
4: People don't understand that, Kirsten. You got another story? That is an inside joke between us. I do have another story. Okay. And it's got a bit of advice.
5: Never let Jesus take the wheel, and never let Jesus be a backseat driver either, as one Florida man learned (laughs) the hard way.
2: You'd think that'd be common sense. What the hell does a Jewish carpenter from the first century know about driving a car?
0: (laughs)
5: <laughs> the Deerfield Beach man who drove his blue Ferrari into the Lake Worth <laughs> a Inlet last
4: Ferrari?
5: month <laughs> a told police that oh, Jesus told man. him to do it. According to a police report released Monday, <laughs> he was
4: on some good drugs.
5: I'm getting to that. <laughs> Jesus made me the smartest man on earth. The man told police, and reports really? say report the report says like it's and Donald it's Trump. so hard to have this much responsibility. James A. Mukiyashio junior 48 caused about fifty thousand dollars worth of damage to his 2000 ferrari coupe on december 26th at least it was his car uh, when he intentionally drove it off a palm beach dock
4: what so it's not even like
5: Mm, water not
4: even it's not even like he was driving on the road with his eyes closed and he just no this wasn't
2: the bird box challenge no he he uh,
4: like he intentionally
2: went off
5: he drove
4: off a dock Okay, that's it's a good
2: thing. It's a good stupid. thing he's the smartest man, right? Yeah.
4: Did he think Jesus was gonna like mm-hmm. find Rudolph and have him fly away?
2: <laughs> Maybe he thought his car would transform into some kind of James Under- Bond double zero seven. So he was Jesus, obviously
5: man. able to escape the car before it sank, and he, you know, can't tell if Jesus gave him an updated instructions or if God's furious that someone got away. Uh, the voices <laughs> in head in his head didn't let up though. After reaching shore, he walked back to the officer, police said, and said Jesus told him to drive off the dock in, into a six-foot window. Um, money is going to be irrelevant in two days. Remember to smile, according to the report. Okay, so, it's like, so, so oh.
4: he, he's either having a schizophrenic break or he's on drugs. Oh, yeah, for Fisher. Sure. Um, passing
5: fisherman who helped him...
4: I think it was a combination of
0: the two to do that. Yeah.
5: The passing fisherman who helped him get to shore told police that Mukiyashio, what a last name, said he drove into the inlet because the officer on the dock was Egyptian and he did not believe in Jesus. The, oh. the police report said that there was no alcohol or drugs in the man's system. So, a
4: schizophrenic okay. break. Hmm.
2: Uh, well, what can you say about that?
4: Don't listen to the voices in your head when they tell you to hurt people. Don't do it. And it wasn't his. Whose car was
0: it? it his car. his, it was it was his
2: car. car. It was his car. It was car. his. Car. It was his car. At least it's a Ferrari for Christ's sake. You yeah, drive I know. Me
0: to the water? What's wrong? I mean, with you, you think if you're going to do that, you'd get a beater, and who cares, right? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh.
4: So, in the story, was he trying to hit someone when he was walking no, on no. the dock? Because I don't think he was trying to hit hit somebody. Well, because he said the like the officer was Egyptian.
5: Yeah, I didn't understand that part. Yeah. This obviously, this guy. He's not gray. totally thinking. Gray. I mean, he drove his car into a lake.
4: Yeah, essentially I off a dock. I hope he gets help. I hope he gets serious <clears throat> psychological help. Maybe yeah.
2: he t- maybe he took that Jesus is a fisherman thing too literally.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so I just think the fact he said, that, that he the, decided... He, you
0: think that if he drove the car, he thought maybe that the car would drive on the water? Maybe.
2: You know, like I, I, mean, I said, G- James Bond kind of mobile that kind of transforms into... A... And
0: then he was really surprised when it sank. I know. That it could, it could be.
2: Maybe he was hoping that as soon as he pulled out of a car, Jesus would be walking on water try to pull him out of right there.
5: That's possible. I, I don't see what driving a car into a lake does
2: yeah. for anything, really. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Too bad that was a nice car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick pause. And when we come back, we'll have John, the Godless Engineer, be facing off one on one. I'm excited. Chris, the Christian, Christian. I forward to that. Yeah. No rabbit punches, Chris.
6: I'll try my best. Try my best, I
2: mean. (laughs) All right. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Attention, fellow atheist podcast listeners. We are the Godless Heathens Podcast. Here's the details
1: with no fine print. you got
6: new episodes available every other Sunday. Sunday! Sunday! Sunday!
3: There's three of us, just like the Holy Trinity. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. Coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban Atlanta where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other.
2: It's more of what you want and less of what you don't.
3: So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something too.
6: We're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening
7: to us.
2: And there hasn't yet been a properly written apology for that disgrace. Staying in Africa, I think it will one day be admitted with shame that it might have been in error to say that AIDS is bad as a disease, very bad, but not quite as bad as condoms are bad, or not as immoral in the same way. online is john the godless engineer he's been on the show before he's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer john how you doing buddy
7: yeah you know, i'm doing pretty good i'm pretty excited for this talk that we're going to be doing or discussion rather that we're doing today uh it's one of the topics that i'm really passionate about mm-hmm. so i'm excited
2: okay well john meet chris chris hey john
7: nice to meet you
2: Yeah, nice meeting you too. Now, like uh, like, uh, I'm going to say, you guys, uh, let's try to have a nice conversation here. Let's try not to, because it's a conversation, let's try not to overlap or cut off as much as we can, Uh, and let's try not to, uh, uh, I should say, let's try to keep it to one point at a time so we don't have to do a a dish gallop thing, and uh, uh, I will try to play devil's advocate and help Chris a bit on the John side, and maybe ladies will uh, help uh, John on the Chris side. Fair enough? Good. Okay. Okay.
0: So what's the topic?
2: The history city of Jesus.
0: Oh.
2: Okay, so I guess we'll start with our Christian friend. Chris, besides the fact that it's part of your religion, why do you feel that Jesus actually existed?
6: Well, I tried to, like, find one thing about Jesus' life that would, like, be uncontroversial, even for an atheist to accept, and just hopefully start from there and see what we could build. So I'm going with one that's probably fairly um, familiar to most people, um, which is just the fact that Jesus was crucified. Um, it's just a couple of things I'd say for evidence for that. It's attested in multiple sources. It's an embarrassing fact that would be unlikely to be made up by the Christian church and non-Christian sources talk about it as well. And just on these three things, uh, even a skeptical scholar like John Dominic Crossan of the Jesus Seminar says that Jesus was crucified as sure as anything historical can ever be. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, so you think that the the whole thing is is not made up because it would be an embarrassing thing to admit, essentially. John, let's turn the, the, the page to you here. Why do you feel that Jesus never existed?
7: Uh well, uh, lack of you know uh, a a few of those things uh, that that Chris just mentioned uh, because there's there's actually uh, no reliable like non-Christian sources that attest to Jesus either being crucified like actually being crucified. Um, and th- there's just no historical evidence whatsoever to suggest that Jesus actually walked on this earth. Um, but uh, also uh, there, there is this concept of a Messiah in the Jewish uh, faith. And so uh, we know for a fact that there were Jews in the first century that were looking to the scriptures to figure out what this Messiah might do here on earth or would do or is prophesied to do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it it doesn't really take all that. Uh, I I guess imagination to look at these prophecies and then come up with a narrative using those prophecies so I think that that's what's most likely to have happened in the first century is that the Jews were looking to these scriptures, the Old Testament uh, to gleam information about this Messiah figure and you know what he was supposed to do here and then made up stories uh, surrounding those prophecies what do you say of that Chris?
6: I have a question for you on that one. Okay. Is there much, or is there many examples of them creating a non-human Messiah? Like, aside from Jesus, like, is there any precedence that you see that they would create... A non-historical person to fill what they were expecting to be a fairly historical role
2: you mean in a jewish faith or in all the faith
6: in jewish faith yeah because i mean like they expected the overthrow of rome they expected the messiah to do a lot of things that would probably require somebody to be on earth in order to do it that's a good question because john after all they were they
2: were the the jews were always waiting for the messiah they still are so so what else but a human being would you expect to be there
7: uh well I I don't I guess I don't understand like that as like a criteria for it um maybe I'm just not really understanding what you're talking about so like uh, are, are you saying that like the Jews have never made up a person in the past to fulfill a role that uh was uh, that that to fulfill a role that was needed uh, I'm j- I just
6: mean like it when I read like some of the prophecies in the the, te- the Old Testament, for an example, it seemed like what they were expecting was somebody historical to come and fulfill a specific role. So I'm just wondering when you think they made the jump from expecting a historical person to expecting a non-historical person.
7: Well, uh, I, okay, well, for one thing, I didn't say that they were expecting a non-historical person or, or like a, a non-person person to fulfill this role. Uh, But as far as like the Jews making up people in the past in general, I mean, we know that like Abraham and Moses and uh, like Noah, those guys were made up. Uh, Like there's no actual archaeological evidence to suggest they actually existed. So, I mean, the Jews uh, have a hand in making up like supposedly historical people in the past that actually have been disproven by modern uh, art, archaeological finds as as well as textual finds and everything like that. So, I mean, it's not really out of the realm of possibility for Jews to just make up a person. Uh, but also, if you look into Ignatius of Antioch, uh, he actually has a completely different gospel than what we know of now. Uh, the gospel he has about Jesus has, has Jesus actually being born, uh, living and dying and, uh, you know, being crucified or whatnot, or being persecuted, um, and, and rising again, all in silence. Like he specifically says this, that all uh, his entire earthly nature or whatnot was completely hidden from everybody in the world. And so it wasn't only, uh, it wasn't until after he was supposedly, uh, crucified uh, died and was uh, risen again that he revealed himself to the world so that's just one example and, and and Ignatius of Antioch is you know into the second century so I mean that's not that's not proof that like there was no Jesus but it is proof that there was an amalgam of different ideas about this Jesus figure and one of those ideas was that nobody knew that he existed and that actually correlates to what Paul says in all of his writings, because Paul says that he got his information from no man here on earth, that uh, you know he got it from revelation and from the scriptures, and that is the only source that he cites, or those are the only sources that he cites for his information. So. The first person to mention Jesus like uh, textually that, that we actually have records for is Paul, and he says he didn't get his information from anybody on earth. He never says that he actually met Jesus here on earth. He only met Jesus through visions and revelation, and he knows things about Jesus through the scriptures, the Old Testament. There's also docetism. uh, If uh, Um, I don't know, are are we just able to let
4: let Chris um, just respond to what you just said there? Just because we don't want to pile too much on at once.
6: Okay, so I wanted to go back to originally what I was saying. Um, Sorry if I misunderstood you, but the idea of mythicism, from what I understand, is that eventually what people did was they looked at the scripture and they created some sort of a celestial figure originally and said he was the Messiah. That's that's what I've understood the point of mythicist's main argument to be. So that's why I was asking, like, okay, so in the case of Moses, first of all, yeah, maybe, I mean, it's like we could debate that too some other time, but maybe they did create a non-historical person to explain something about their past. But in this case, we're saying that they created a non-historical person to fit a role that was traditionally associated with the historical role person and then said that that fulfilled prophecy
7: um okay well if you go back to judges with gideon you have them making up a celestial figure to come down and, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, the Lord or whatnot, um, who is this angelic figure that is commonly referred to as Christians now as being the Messiah or the Jesus, basically, um, uh, you know, him coming down and being the intermediary between God and man. And this angel uh, of, of the Lord, um, I mean that – that's not a real thing. Uh, you know the, I mean that that would be that would be them making up a, a you know a celestial being or whatever to uh, fill a very much needed role here on earth. So I mean uh, do, you, do you think so I guess my question would be, do you think that there was actually a celestial angel that manifested on earth that that talked to Gideon and told him, hey you're gonna you're gonna go and slaughter a bunch of people?
6: Yeah, I mean, I do believe that an angel actually appeared to Gideon.
7: Okay. Uh, But uh, anyways, so um, that that would be an instance of them, you know, creating a celestial figure, you know, in order to fulfill this. It wasn't a prophesized kind of role, I guess. But, I mean, it would be an instance of them creating a celestial figure.
6: Right. But my question is did they create one to fulfill a prophecy? Did they... And like I said, with all of the prophecies, like Isaiah, um, even some of the things that aren't necessarily prophecy in original context, but they got applied to Jesus' prophecy. Where okay. Where do we see Jews taking stuff that was supposed to apply to a human Messiah and applying it to a non-human Messiah. Like, where do you think that jump occurred?
7: Well, uh, okay, so uh, originally, um, you know, the first Christians were actually Jewish Christians, and we see in Mark how there's actually this adoptionist kind of view of the Messiah. So, like, you know, you have in Mark where the this Messiah figure descends upon the human figure of Jesus and sort of inhabits his body, and then you know carries out his mission here on earth and then the messiah figure once the bodily figure dies you know uh, ascends back up into heaven um so i mean I, I think i think that there was an amalgam of different ideas about this uh figure and i think that uh you know I, I think that the Jews, you know, making up this celestial figure to fulfill physical things here on earth, like I don't see that as a really big roadblock. Uh, I guess I don't understand like why why is it out of the realm of consideration that they would make up a celestial figure to do physical things here on earth? Because I mean, we've seen that throughout the Bible in the past. You know them having angels come down, or having, uh, you know, these celestial figures do physical things here on Earth.
2: Would you, Chris? Would you consider that maybe some of these guys had a a moment of inspiration to which they attributed to an angel, and maybe they did the same thing but attributed to a man? And John, on the on the flip side of that question, is uh, would you do we consider here that maybe Jesus was just a regular guy that inspired a myth?
7: Uh, who, who should answer first? You go, Chris.
6: Okay. Maybe th- can you give me that question one more time? Sorry, Kevin.
2: Well, I, I'm just saying that you know, is is it possible that you know the the, the Jews at the time, baby, had a moment of inspiration to which they credited an angelic figure, not necessarily have the figure of an angel there itself.
6: I mean, when I read the Gospels and like what it seems to have happened with Mm -hmm. it, and even when I read Paul's letters, what it seems happening is is they saw a human being doing something on earth, and then they went back to the scriptures and were like, this is how we fit into what the scriptures said. No, I'm just
2: saying, let's take an example, for example. I'm looking for my car keys, right? I'm looking for my car keys, and all of a sudden, they're in the middle of the table. I said, "Why, God, you know, I went there two minutes ago. And there they are. So is it possible that the Jews might have attributed this? Us as skeptics will say, well, you just missed, look, your your keys are there, you just didn't see them. And somebody else would say, no, 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 the angels actually came in and put it there. I didn't actually see the angel, but I, I gave credit to the angel for helping me find my car keys. Is it possible the Jews did something similar?
6: Yes, it's possible. Okay.
7: Okay. And then your question to me was, could there possibly be a physical person that they just attributed all these things to? Is that correct?
2: Exactly. Well, Because I think what we're missing here is, are we debating Jesus as just a moral man who inspired the legend? Or are we debating Jesus, the miracle worker?
7: Well, I mean, that would, that would actually be a pretty good question to answer first off, because, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I take it that Chris is actually arguing for the more uh, biblically, um, I guess, G, like the more super biblical Jesus. Jesus. You're arguing for um, super Jesus, right, Chris?
6: I'm trying to stick to just him being a historical person okay. before we even get into all of the specifics. Okay, so,
2: so yeah, let's not go into okay. a miracle Jesus. Let's go. Jesus is just some carpet A dude. dude. Just a dude dude he's a, got he's it he's a
3: carpenter uh, <laughs> well no
7: i mean uh, in order for us to say that uh, well okay so i think that it's completely possible that like w- you know some guy could have existed i mean that's that's possible but You you have to have – in order for that to overcome the probability of like the Jews just making somebody up, I mean you would have to have like a lot of evidence to suggest that there was actually just like one guy or was actually some person that they modeled – they used as a model for Jesus. Uh, I mean you would need some evidence for that, whereas you know, on the myths side of things, we have uh, in the Old Testament all the supposed illusions to Jesus or the the Messiah rather. Uh, you have Philo of Alexandria writing in the early first century that pretty much lays out uh, uh, a character like outline of the Messiah and like what his characteristics were supposed to be Uh, you also have in Paul uh, referencing the scriptures and using the scriptures to gain knowledge about what Jesus supposedly did on earth Uh, everything that he heard uh, he knew about Jesus's quote unquote time on earth was actually given through revelation from Jesus so I mean it wasn't like anybody actually gave him that information and then in Mark anytime uh, you know you you have references to Scripture um, as being the inspiration for uh, the events of Jesus' life. Uh, Matthew continues with that particular theme with uh, every section of Matthew when it's discussing Jesus' references back to the Scriptures and cites, uh, you know, some sort of prophecy that it's supposed to fulfill from the Scriptures. So. I mean, you would have to overcome all of that evidence in order to suggest that there was an actual person.
2: Okay. So, so Chris, uh, you, we were talking a lot about prophecy here, and you were bringing that up. So if I was to give, give me your best example of a prophecy that kind of confirms Jesus, what would you, what would you respond to that?
6: The, I mean, one of the most obvious ones to me is the ones in Isaiah where it talks, talks about the suffering servant – and it talks about um, you know he'll be crushed for iniquities, he'll be uh, he was barely recognizable. We would esteem him not. there was I'm really not quoting it very well right now, but it's enough that like even some uh, Jewish groups will say that they think it's a Christian interpolation. Mm. That's how closely it seems to mirror what Christians later said about Jesus. The only problem with that being is that the texts that are part of it, or that it's part of, predate Christianity. So it's okay. So that would be an example of
2: John. Well, how do you feel? How do you feel the, the 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 prophecy when Christians come at you and they say, you know, Jesus filled fulfilled so many prophecies? How do you feel about that?
7: Well, normally how, how I feel about that is, is that there's no one gospel that fulfills all of the supposed 353 prophecies about Jesus. Uh, 353, so, you say? Huh? 353, you say? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's actually um, – there's a website out there that has like all 353 listed out with their fulfillments linked like in the New Testament. And uh, to me, this this kind of tells me a, a couple things. Uh, for one thing, you had multiple different Christian sects that had different ideas about what the uh, Messiah was supposed to fulfill on earth or what the Messiah was supposed to do on earth. And so what they did was they looked to the scriptures and they picked out some cherry-picked set of prophecies in which for their own particular gospel to fulfill uh, you see that throughout you know mark matthew luke and especially john uh, you know these specific sets of prophecies being filled fulfilled um, and uh, the the other thing that it tells me is um uh crap i <laughs> uh I, I just uh I blanked on on the other part. <laughs> well, I, I, I won't I won't pile too much onto that. Uh, I, I'm wondering what Chris thinks about having like, like the prophecies not being fulfilled by any one gospel, but it's actually all four gospels that you would need to take into account to fulfill all of the prophecies that are supposedly told about Jesus.
4: Um, and after you're done, I just have a I have a question to ask about the example you gave earlier um, with the prophecy he did fulfill. So if you can.
6: Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Um, I wanted to read something that I came across because um, I thought it was pertinent to this. He's just pulled out a penthouse magazine. <laughs> That's not true.
4: <laughs> he
6: gently
2: rubbed her. Oh my covers. God,
4: stop it. <laughs> We're having a discussion.
6: Nobody can see this.
4: <laughs> so to me, it's
6: not a huge issue on a historical level that none of the gospels all report everything that Jesus did. Or the prophecies that he fulfilled and that's just because um, and this is according to a guy named Brant Petrie, he's a professor at the University of Notre Dame what he says is ancient biographers unlike some modern biographers who often strive to give comprehensive s- portraits of their subjects often did not even attempt to tell readers everything about the person whose life they were describing and then he quotes from um, Plutarch who gave a life about Alexander the Great and it, Plutarch said, It is the life of Alexander the king and of Caesar who overthrew Pompey that I am writing in this book, and the multitude of deeds to be treated is so great that I shall make no other preface than to entreat my readers in case I do not tell them of all the famous actions of these men, nor even speak exhaustively at all in each particular case. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good point, but there's something, there's something I, I have to challenge
2: you on this for half a second there. Yeah. If you are talking about a man, an ancient Mario for sure, but you're talking about a god... Or somebody you believe is a god, you think you'd be a tad more thorough. You can't well, just say, "Well, oh, Jesus, yeah, he's God, he's the son of God," but
6: you know you don't need to know about his childhood. But the ancient Greeks did view Alexander the Great as divine. Okay, that's fair. So I mean, so I mean, I would just say that it seems like it was okay in ancient biography, no matter how important a person was. Because, I mean, even if we take that part away, he was still an, Alexander was still an emperor, he was still fairly famous, and they still felt it was okay to not cover everything. Mm -hmm. I don't even think they could have, actually, because keep in mind, they were writing on scrolls that had a limited length, so Mm -hmm. they had to kind of pick and choose what they thought was most important.
4: So, um, if I can just jump in here to, earlier you said that one of the prophecies that he did fulfill was that... The suffer- or I forget exactly the words, but like the su- suffering servant.
6: That's right,
0: yeah.
4: And I have a question because the suffering that the Jesus and the Bible went through was a really crappy weekend.
3: <laughs>
4: but the thing is, when you look at... Think of the people that suffer today. You think of the people in Guantanamo Bay. That is suffering for years upon years. And how... Could you like because when I look at that what Jesus suffered quotation marks and like I'm not saying he didn't but I feel like they look at that and I'm like okay well he suffered somewhat so that is what we're going to slot into this prophecy when you re- when you think of a suffering servant you think of someone who toils for their whole life for decades in actual suffering where every day. It's hard to get through.
2: I mean, if Jesus had to wear Crocs all the time, yeah, that, exactly. that, that's suffering. That's Especially if
4: there's those little things that you put in them with, yeah. like, with like animals and stuff. But like, how, how can you look at the suffering that Jesus went through in the Bible, comparing it to a child in sex slavery that is in it from when they're five till like they die at 30? Like, how can you look at those two things and think Jesus had more suffering
6: it's a specific type of suffering, I guess, that the prophecy talks about. And you actually just kind of helped me remember some. Oh, of perfect. It. Like, it ta- it, the type of suffering it seems to give is, talk about it, is somebody that's wrongly accused or wrongly being punished. keeping them out of the lake.
4: But when you look at, there's people in Guantanamo Bay that are there wrongly.
6: I agree. Um, I mean,. I'm not really sure how to answer that in this context. Let's ask John. John, do you think Jesus was
2: a child slave? <laughs>
4: well, no. What I mean is because we're talking about fulfilled prophecies, and it, it seems like you could take, you can twist anything in Jesus' life to fulfill a prophecy.
6: I see what you're saying. Um, there was more to it than that. I think if Jesus had just stayed dead, I don't think the movement would have... <laughs> Stay dead, Jesus. Stay dead. (laughs) Stay down, man. You had a good fight. Stay down. (laughs) Because like you said, like lots of other people had suffered. In fact, there were many other would-be messiahs. Keep your
2: mouth on the mic. I'm going (laughs) to shoot you.
4: Tape it to it. Yes.
6: (laughs) That had been executed. Like just being executed wouldn't have been enough to make him stand up. But
4: even the beforehand him being tortured and like brought to a point where in the Bible it talks about him like being whipped and stuff like that like that that is a crappy crappy time like it's that that is suffering but it's not to a point where it's like this person is taking the suffering of the world
0: I
2: just got a mental image of Jesus being whipped, saying, "Who is your daddy?" Oh my
3: god! <laughs> <laughs> Shit!
6: How am I supposed to do a debate?
3: <laughs> yeah, not exactly, Stop Kevin. laughing,
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> The best debates are when you're having a fun time. That's
6: yeah. true.
2: Okay, so 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 your question essentially is how how do you, how do you justify uh, saying it's a Jesus prophecy when just about
4: when there are so prophecy many people, could people that could apply just it. about anybody? Yeah, and that Jesus barely fulfills it
2: are you are you are you showing a bias by saying it's Jesus
6: oh for sure I have a bias okay um, but I think to properly answer that question we'd have to get m- way more into other stuff yeah. that's a lot harder to get into just on historicity alone mm-hmm. okay. so- well
7: um, if, if I can, um, I, w- I would kind of like to go back to how um, you said that you, you know that there were various historians that didn't write every single thing about it, any one uh, person's life and, and whatnot. And, and I can see merit in that particular argument, but uh, let's focus on like one particular part of, of the narrative for Jesus that actually is vastly different in, in uh, a couple gospels and that would be the birth narratives uh, mm. the birth narratives are completely contradictory to each mm-hmm. other um, for one thing they happen about 10 years apart um, in the first one in Matthew uh, you what you have is a parallel to Moses's birth. And uh, him, him coming into uh, his his own with uh, God or whatnot. Um, so, so the Matthew is a parallel of that, and then Luke just basically took that and transposed it ten years later, and had to take out the necessary things that wouldn't make sense ten years later, and he made up a completely different story. So. I mean if Jesus is supposed to be like a god and the most important person for this religion, like wouldn't it seem pertinent to at least get his birth narrative correct Um, instead of like having a couple different sects just make up stories about him using stories from the Old Testament?
6: Okay, Um, So I just want to make one overarching point on that when it comes to contradictions. I would say it's um, when it, if a historian was looking at an account or even two different accounts, they wouldn't consider it relevant whether there was contradictions like Bart Ehrman gives an example. You'll get very different accounts of the presidency of Bill Clinton, depending on whom you ask.
4: But everybody has well, the same start date of his presidency.
6: Hold on one second. But the differences have no bearing on whether he existed. i agree. So, I mean, that's one thing like still remember we're just talking about did Jesus exist and so even if there were contradictions that wouldn't affect it
2: yeah but I think the point is, is if somebody said you know uh, Jesus went to Bethlehem uh, he was born in Bethlehem and then they stayed there two days and the other one says no they stayed there three days and then went back to Nazareth then you could say, okay, there's a bit of a difference, but we have the general idea. But one says they went to Egypt, and the other one says they went to Nazareth. That's a 180. That's a huge difference. Now, you can have your point of view like you brought into political opinion, and that's fine. But like you said, they, they they can all agree that Bill Clinton was the president. So, like someone said, well, Bill Clinton was a president, and somebody says, no, no, he was secretary of state. Even
6: that's even a shorter, uh, 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 less of a, co- a contradiction than the one from the Bible. Okay. Well, I mean... Just even going on that analogy, despite the differences that, or yeah, differences and whatnot in how the gospels portray certain events, they still agree on a couple of things: a that Jesus existed; two that he was Messiah. Mm -hmm. So, with that in mind, there is that clear portrait. Another thing I would note is that um, just when historians look at accounts, Mm -hmm. they do not conclude that because individual accounts contain discrepancies that an event didn't occur that's just not like a regular conclusion well
7: well uh, if i can't if i can't stop you right there i mean sure. i would i would tend to agree but at the same time if you don't like like okay so let's just take the birth narratives because uh, we're talking about them uh the only real independent account we have of that is mark or not Mark, sorry, uh, Matthew. I was going to say, and which Math- version of that Math- Mark you're
3: reading?
7: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Matthew. And Matthew is is a parable on, uh, not, not a parable, sorry, a parallel. Matthew is a parallel of the Moses birth story. So what I'm trying to say is, is that You know, we don't have multiple accounts of his birth. We have one account of his birth that was later revised by another author. But that original account of his birth is just a parallel off of a previous story that's already existing in the religion. So we don't actually have any account of him actually being born. Does it assume that he existed? Yes. But I can assume there's a pink elephant in my room right now. But that doesn't mean that it's actually there.
2: You got a pink elephant, too?
4: Mine's purple.
7: <laughs> no, uh, John. Let me let me throw the ball
2: back at you here because I like playing devil's advocate. Uh,
4: hey, he's Chris is Sorry, to say Chris. Something. You wanted to answer?
2: Yeah. No, by all means. sorry. Um,
4: well, it's interesting that you
6: bring that up about like only having one source because when historians are faced with two different accounts or two different uh, stories with differing details a lot of the time what they do think is that it is coming from different sources if they were just one source then you wouldn't have as many differences you, like when a detective looks at like a crime scene report usually you'll get different accounts or sorry different details from different people that witnessed an event
4: mm-hmm.
6: so that can actually point to multiple sources
4: but I'll, I'll jump well, here that the things that are different in those accounts aren't given weight it's the things that are all the same That a detective will be like, okay, that is most likely what happened. But the things like the hair color all being different colors, they won't be like, oh, well, we'll choose this hair color. It's like you just ignore that. So does that mean that the birth narratives, we have to ignore everything that's not the same?
6: No, that's where what historians do. There's the third part to it is when historians are faced with different details, that's when they do harmonization like keep your face on the mic sorry it's really hard to talk to everybody Uh, you can grab the mic out of there if you want to just hold your hand oh there you go yeah whatever (laughs) anyways like you'll read the accounts of the assassination of julius caesar um they change uh who it was that was or they give different names of who was involved if you read plutarch Mm -hmm. um they change who stopped mark Antony from walking into the room um even a more contemporary version uh, when the Titanic sunk. Julius Caesar was on Titanic. Yeah. Julius
2: Caesar was on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> on the t- Titanic? What? What
6: <laughs> I said on a more contemporary note. Oh, that's very contemporary. <laughs> they, uh, the first uh, news article that came out said that everybody survived. Some si- survivors said the Titanic sunk in one piece. Others said that it snapped and then sank in two pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's, the, what they do is they just try to harmonize based on what they can figure out. But
4: that's a, well, that's an event ho- that you can actually find the evidence for. Well,
7: ho- hold on. I, I, feel, I feel like this entire line assumes that the gospel writers are firsthand accounts. Yeah, it does. Oh, that's a good point.
6: Which I'm also willing to talk about too, but I mean...
7: Jimmy well, him. no. I mean, they're not firsthand accounts. I mean, I, I have scholars on my side of this, and I, I guess you have scholars on your side of that. But I mean, I'm not really here to get into who can throw out the biggest scholar kind of debate. Uh, what what I'm saying is, is that they are not firsthand accounts.
2: Well, you you can Chris, you contend that one of them could be firsthand account.
7: Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Which one do you think is a firsthand account? Uh, I
6: should I should preface this. Um I think that Mark does contain the eyewitness testimony of Peter.
7: Okay. Okay, um, so still not it, it's not actually first-hand account. That's second-hand account.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, that's fair. That's a fair answer.
7: Yeah. Uh, okay, but but even even then, I mean, you don't really have any like what kind of textual support do you have to say that 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 is the case.
6: That Mark was... uh, uh, Sorry, that Mark was recording the stuff of Peter, you mean? Yes. The use of Inclusio, for example. Uh, Mark, in ancient writing, they used Inclusio often to show the source of their information. And when you first, when you look at Mark's account, the first person named is Peter outside of like Jesus and John the Baptist. And then at the very end, it's also Peter that's mentioned. And he's also mentioned quite often throughout the gospels, special information that mostly would make sense coming from Peter is attributed to him, Um, things like that. So
7: so nowhere that directly says I am recording the first hand account of Peter who was a disciple of Jesus.
6: No, um but then again there's also examples of other historians that don't
7: I mean I don't I don't care about other historians right now. I, I don't. What I care about is what you actually have textual support for. And uh, the the fact is is that there are other books in the Bible that state, "Oh, hey, I'm this guy, and I'm writing my account of this or whatnot." Like Mark doesn't have that. Uh, all you all you have is like conjecture.
2: And another question on top of that: if 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 Mark's recording Peter, how come they would take not Peter's account
6: and just Mark? There is a, P- a gospel of Peter. Why would not not include that one in the Bible? Okay, so one of the reasons for at least not including Peter, it, the, the Gospel of Peter, I mean, mm-hmm. is they it was a second century forgery. Okay, so you know you guys are talking, taught- and
2: it's crazy as well. It's just absolutely- <laughs> if you read it, it's just crazy.
6: The, like the cross of Jesus starts talking and comes out of the tomb and starts
2: talking. Wait, to people. seriously?
6: Absolutely, it's not. Oh my
4: gosh, she was on some good drugs. <laughs>
6: So, you know, you guys just brought up the fact that it wasn't, you know, why do we trust Mark when it wasn't first-hand accounts? Mm -hmm. Well, Gospel of Peter definitely wasn't. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Way too late. Um, Like I said, though, there is historical precedent for thinking that that was the way that they did identify their sources, um, which I didn't actually hear you deny. I just...
0: So if I understand both Why do
7: I have to deny it?
6: Well, I'm just wondering why it doesn't count as evidence if that is something a way that uh, ancient historians did identify their sources.
7: Well, no, but I mean that's that, that's that's not actual like solid evidence that that is who wrote it. Uh, I mean, could it have been, uh, you know, John Mark that was recording for Peter? Sh- sure, I guess. But at the same time, we don't actually have solid evidence that suggests true. that that's just that's a that's a purely conjectural like type of thing i mean you're you're uh, i mean i mean it's it's basically just an opinion and that's not actually textually supported hmm. is my point. Uh, and I mean, like I said, I mean, you're kind of going against the consen- – like I, like I know I go against the consensus about Jesus existing, but you have to come to the uh, fact that you're actually against the consensus on the authorship of the gospels because the, it, it's, it's a, a consensus that, you know, they were uh, anonymously written and that there's no indication as to who actually wrote them. And they were most likely derived from like either earlier, um, uh, uh, oral traditions um, and they were just eventually written down or whatnot but I mean even with the gospels you have Paul's theology that could be used to influence them so I mean in in, um, in all honesty all you really have as far as like independent sources is Paul's letters and that's all you have and Paul says that he didn't get his information from anybody hmm. he got it from Revelation and Scriptures
0: well, if I understand the point that each of you are trying to make is that what Chris is saying has is all Bible references. Everything that he's using for his debate has to do with the Bible. Whereas, John, what you're asking for is a source not associated at all with the Bible. You're looking for something that's independent, either... That, that's brought up with other historical records, either a birth, a birth record or something in a scroll that was not religious and totally apart from the Bible that can actually be verified for that historical period of time. Do I have that right or, or am I not?
7: Well, I mean, I'm, I I'm fine with establishing authorship. You know, within the text itself, because like Paul does that multiple times in his own writings and he was writing 20 years before Mark was even written. So, I mean, I'm just I'm saying like there's no actual textual evidence either extra biblically or biblically to suggest that like John Mark was recording Peter's uh, firsthand account of what happened Mm. So um, uh, and I mean it, it just get it, like it degrades over time from there as far as uh, firsthand accounts because then you have let's uh, say so you got mark writing in the 70s uh, and then uh, you have, Matthew being written right about the end of the seventies, early eighties, and then you have Luke and Acts being written, uh, you know, the like in the nineties, and then even uh, possibly into the second century, and then John is is most definitely a second century writing, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I mean, you like you don't have like the only independent actual account that I could say that you could have is Paul. Uh, because he would have been the, th- the the information, or at least he's an example uh, uh, that we still have of the information that was floating around in the first century that would have informed the Gospels. So, I mean, I, I get that Chris wants to think that they were written by firsthand accounts or they record firsthand accounts. But there's just simply no support for that particular position.
2: And Paul was a wanker,
4: too. Hey, let Chris talk now. <laughs>
7: Okay, if you
6: want to go with Paul, let's go with Paul. Like I said, my original case that Jesus was a historical person rests on the fact that uh, it seems he was crucified by the Romans. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Paul, let's talk about him. 1 Corinthians 15, he mentions uh, an oral creed that was uh, passed on to him, probably dates within at least five years of when Jesus was supposed to have been crucified. Maybe later, but it seems like it, between five to fifteen years afterwards, it says he was it was he, he died. Uh, he was buried. Mm-hmm. So that's earlier well, than Mark. Uh,
7: uh, okay. Well, uh, okay, but and, could and you the read the pl- actual thing in First Corinthians? First Corinthians. All
6: right. Oh, geez.
4: Just give him a sec. He's grabbing it.
6: Grab okay, First Cor. He's got his Bible. <laughs>
4: Of course, don't he's a Christian.
6: To, don't come to a debate like this without watching. And <laughs> hmm? didn't call on fire walking in here too. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> you think with all the evil energy in
2: this exactly. place,
4: exactly?
6: So it says, "For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received: that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures; that He was buried; that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures." So that's First Corinthians fifteen three to four.
2: So he's just essentially saying, this is the information I've received, that he died according to scripture.
6: Yeah. And the word that he uses is kata, which means, it doesn't mean um, that... That's when you do a trick, right? Kata! <laughs> no? That's ta-da. I'll tell you, <laughs> I just did a little bit of a word study on that. But when Paul says uh, in accordance with, the word that he's using in Greek is kata. Um, and Luke 2.22 uses that same word when it says... When the days of their purification have been completed in accordance with the law of Moses, Luke. Um, so it's like, it's, when they say kata or according to, it's not saying that he went ahead, read the law of Moses, and then pulled the story of Jesus' purification from that. It just means that they were doing it the way they were supposed to, the way that the law is said. So, Paul is saying Jesus died for our sins the way that the prophecy of the scripture said that he was going to. I'm going to use that word from
2: now on for everything I do. Qatar. Yeah, I'm going to cook my spaghetti and make sure it's kata first before I eat it.
7: <laughs> well, uh, okay, I mean, I have to contest that because I think that that particular part's actually vague enough to where it can't support, like, Either case, I I think that there's just as much support for it saying that, you know, uh, it, that it was according to the scriptures that he had that he died, and it was according to the like he was referencing the scriptures as far as where he got his knowledge from that it happened. Uh, so I mean, I get that you're pulling like a reference from Luke, but I mean, Luke is a vastly different writer than Paul was. It was actually you know, and he he was much farther down the line in it. So. I mean you would really have to look at how I, – I, I guess how Paul would use that particular word for the according to, which I mean I haven't done a, a word study on that particular thing. Uh, so I mean I, I, I can definitely do that and, and get back to you guys. But um, I mean t- from what I know, it's just – like it's it's vague enough to where it, it's kind of a toss-up. Um as to what it's actually referencing here but the according to the scriptures thing uh, it, it either means that Jesus fulfilled this like actually on earth or that he got his information from the scriptures so I think that equal like I think there's equal weight there so I, I don't see this as actual like oh this is proof that it actually happened kind of thing you know that was a good
6: guitar point
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay Chris on to you
6: So remember though, with this case, um, what Paul's like this, what I just read wasn't from originally from Paul himself. This is tradition that he received that he's passing on to his audience. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
7: From where, from where,
6: from where, um, if, so let's say there's two possibilities, um, One would be where he went right after his conversion when he went to Damascus because it says he was there with some Christians. So if this was... This is an early Christian creed. They could have passed it on to him or what he says in Galatians when he says, I met with Peter, when I met with James, when I met with those guys. uh, That would have been another time he could have picked it up from them.
2: What happens to Damascus stays in Damascus.
6: Yeah. (laughs) And like it has... uh, what do you call it? It has the, um, cre- the characteristics of a, of a creedal formula, which is why... And he says that he passed on what he received, which was a rabbinic way of talking about passing on tradition. So there's clues that he's not writing something original to him. He's passing on what he got from somebody else. We're deep down a rabbit hole here, that's for sure.
7: Well, no, I mean, he, he got... Uh, he got his information uh, as he received it, which is from Jesus.
6: From Revelation.
7: But it from si- Revelation.
6: But it also says in Galatians that he went to Jerusalem and he calls his visit in Greek a historic. Hysteresi. He stayed with them for 15 days, talking to Peter, talking to James. What do you think they were talking about?
7: Well actually Paul in that very passage tells us what they what he was talking about. He went there to confirm the gospel that he was preaching is the same ones that uh other Christians were preaching. Mm-hmm. He went there to confirm what he was what he was preaching, not to get information.
6: Right. And then he calls this thing in 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel. So
7: yeah, yeah but still, the fact remains that he him. that he was just confirming his all the information that he already has, not gaining new information. Hmm.
2: That's interesting. Okay, I'm, we're running against the clock here, but I want to finish this with one more last question. I'm going to uh, try to trap John a bit here because I think he he needs a a, a bit more uh, attention here. John, you know, let's face it. He, he, we talk about the, the the gospel being the main source for Jesus' history, city, and all that, but there was a lot of other authors, right? You talk about Josephus, uh, you talk about uh, Polycarp, and all, all these guys. Come on, it, it's kind of hard to, to you have to admit that you know if a guy would, didn't actually exist, I don't think that many people were written about him. What do you think?
7: Well, I would think that you would have to, you know, uh actually look at what those particular people say. Uh for instance, with Josephus, the Testimonium Flavianum is highly contested. Um and there's a lot of different like scholarship on that uh, to include like textual criticism of it, how uh, that particular passage uh, uses very different like verbs and uh, oblique and passive language, which is uh, not indicative of Josephus's writings. Uh, there's that kind of of uh, proof against the Josephan passage. But uh, you know, um, th- there's actually no support for the Josephan passage, the Testimonium Flavianum specifically, to be actually from Josephus because it doesn't actually show up until Eusebius in like the third or fourth century Um, and then you could go on to, you know, people like uh, Bar Serapian. He was just relating, uh, you know, what the Christians believed at the time. You could go to Tacitus. Uh, even if I give you that that's an original writing by Tacitus, it's still just relating or, or relaying uh, the, what the Christians thought at the time um, you know, about their Messiah or their Christ. Uh, and there's a lot of other reasons why Tacitus, uh, you know, is not good evidence for it. So, I mean, I think that if you looked at those uh, particular sources with a critical eye, you will see that it's it's either too late of an account to actually give a firsthand account to solidify Jesus in history, mm-hmm. or they're just relaying what Christians thought at the time. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that it's just what Christians thought at the time by like, uh, for instance, with Marbar Serapion, he blames the Jews for killing their king. That only exists in the gospels. There's nobody else that actually references the Jews as being responsible for Christ's death. Um, and so that's how we know that it comes to Directly from Christians, and then other, uh, you know, other people like uh, Pliny the Younger. um, You know, he's talking to Christians and getting information about Christians from Christians. So it's just what they thought, and he actually most likely um, informed Tacitus about what Christians thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I mean, you could you could pull up anything that you wanted to, and it's either too late or you're working from a source that got its information from Christians themselves.
2: Chris, in closing, what do you think about uh, the other authors? About
6: Tacitus, Josephus?
2: Oh, yeah, all these guys we were talking about briefly.
6: I definitely think that uh, Tacitus' passage was originally part of the uh, the annals which it comes from. Um, I think it was actually quite likely that um Was it kata? Catah. it was, it qatar? Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a to something. <laughs> <laughs> to something. Uh, It was, for example, like Tacitus had a fairly low opinion of Christians. He calls them a pernicious superstition. I like him already. (laughs) Yeah. He would have fit well on this. But but to me, that means that he probably wouldn't have just taken their word on what he was saying Mm. or what they were saying. I think he, given his high station as a Roman official, given the fact that he had access to other records, he would have checked on what they were saying. Really? And there's a reason why I think this. You read later that, um, or it was in one of his books, but he talks about how the Germanic peoples claimed Hercules came to yeah. their shore. And he makes a specific distinction there where he says, this is what they claimed. Look into it if you want to find out more. So he seems to be able to differentiate between just hearsay and reports that have some sort of backing behind them. And given the fact that he could have checked Roman records and he doesn't use that same sort of language for the crucifixion, he seems to be a lot more sure of it. That's interesting. That's interesting.
7: John, no,
2: one, I, one little thing to finish that? A little retort? Uh,
7: well, what I would say is that no reference to Tastus actually shows up before about the fourth century. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually most likely, uh, you know, Crestus that was mentioned there, considering that Christos uh, is not an actual name of a person, it is a title. Uh, So Crestus is an actual title – Crestus is an actual name that was used by the Jews in the first century. Uh, And the actual um, lettering or whatnot distinguishing Christus and Crestus is actually pretty vague and most likely could have been interpolated. So, I mean – also Tacitus would have gotten his information from Pliny the Younger about the Christians. So – I mean it, like you you have a lot of alternative explanations there that uh, puts it more in the realm of possibility that uh, he was just relaying what he heard from Pliny uh, if that was actually an original insertion uh, or an original writing by Tacitus. But I think there's a solid case to say that Tacitus was uh, heavily interpolated uh, if not completely forged
2: well, gentlemen, I really appreciate both of you guys coming and doing this today. But I have to, uh, I have to say, uh, unfortunately, Jesus did not exist because Nancy was there.
4: Exactly, she, she has the true firsthand. She Canada.
2: remembers fully. <laughs> John, thank you so much for joining us for this, man. We're not going to solve this question today, obviously, but thank you for having a conversation with us. Uh, take a few minutes, John, if you want to tell people how they can reach you and find you your, your uh, YouTube channel. How how can they find you?
7: Well, yeah. So I'm on uh, on YouTube at Godless Engineer. I'm also on Twitter and uh, Facebook is the same name. So if you guys want to come over there, we post uh, daily on the channel. And uh, we have a lot of great content that we post up every week, um, including just random facts uh, from the Today I Learned segment that um, KC, my uh, fiancé, uh, has started up this past week. So, uh, yeah, you can come over there and just learn some good stuff. Today I learned. I just Wait. love when he does that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> John, I let you go, buddy. I got to I, I, I gotta have you say, hey, this is John, the Godless Engineer. If you want to go, hey, heathens, that's fine, too. And I took a left in the valley.
7: Hey, heathens, this is Godless Engineer, and you just took a left at the valley. That works <laughs> too. <laughs> oh, sorry, did I
2: say that wrong? Who's playing with their mic there?
4: You're
2: <laughs> the other one playing with the mic?
4: Yes. Stop yes, masturbating
2: yes. you, mic <laughs> We're all just I, used to this. You're
4: making him uncomfortable.
2: That was John, the Godless Engineer, and with Chris, the Christian Christensen. Good. Good debate, guys. Debate. Was... Good conversation, I should say. Mm-hmm. Good, good job, man. You guys both took us really deep into some,
6: some pretty deep holes there. I've never studied so much Greek in my life.
2: I, 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 fe- <laughs> I felt penetrated and violated oh my in many God, ways. Stop
4: making him uncomfortable. Is
2: with you today?
0: <laughs> well, this would be it, every day. <laughs> yeah, it was just. It was great because both uh, gentlemen were so well informed, and the the research was there, and it was such a genuinely um interesting conversation, you know, be, between two
4: two mm-hmm. people. It was it was just great. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, I hope you was. didn't mind us jumping in sometimes to ask uh, questions.
2: Not at all. No, I think we were fair. I think we we poked a, a bit at him. We poked a bit yeah, at John too. You know, we did. I think we did, we did. We were pretty fair.
4: I tried to cut. Kevin off when I noticed he (laughs) was talking.
2: You weren't guitar enough.
4: She used her powers for good. Exactly, finally.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and thank you for listening and you can follow us at leftatvalley.com you can follow us on uh, Facebook on Twitter at LETV Podcast send us an email at leftatvalleyatoutlook.com send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor but make sure to duck once she throws a knife at you. Coming up next week, we'll have the ladies from Forsaking
4: Faith. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. And what
2: we'll be talking about is the Bible good literature. And then after that, uh, we were supposed to have a show with uh, Godless Cranium, but that might be put on hiatus because he's put his podcast on hiatus, so we'll see what happens oh, there. Uh, we'll have uh, Zach from Zachrilege who will be talking to us in February, and we'll have the legendary Matt Dillahunty oh, my on the 16th.
4: Uh, I'm so excited.
2: And on the 23rd, we'll have the boys from Godless Heathen.
4: Yeah.
2: So we got lots of good things coming down the pipe. Lots for of sure. godless sure.
4: people. Lots of godless
0: people. And we're going to less... have Chris back for another debate. No, anytime. he's not so
4: sure of that. <laughs> he's,
0: like, what? he's like the first time I like, just... yeah.
6: Sorry, I've been invited to a couple, so I'm losing track. <laughs> Bye. Hey,
2: we're, we're, think about it this way: we're giving you some training here. We really oh, are. I appreciate Absolutely. it. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> Perfect. Anything else we need to add, guys?
4: Um, the new Spider-Man movie's amazing.
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. I
4: just saw no, it last night. That's why it's fresh on my about mind. Harry Potter Go watch it. Hey, everyone knows Harry Potter is the best. Uh, so I, I just po- don't even have to say it. I anymore.
2: apologize, Mike. This is we're usually a bit more orderly than this. No, we're not. Okay, I'm
4: Enough. pretty sure the other nerd in the room Harry
2: Potter is good.
4: Has read Harry Potter.
2: Okay, he's not invited <laughs> here anymore, I think. <gasps>
4: You just don't want to be outnumbered <laughs> by nerds. Thank you he so much, guys.
3: Until next time. I think the reason is You do what you told and believe God by your parents.
2: Well, joining us online is God. God.
3: Okay, thank you. <laughs>
2: So your God's online. Is just, Look at that. Your oh, podcast just What were you going wrong. to
4: say? <laughs> this
2: is why we don't go live. That's right. What
4: were you actually about to say? I'm super-
2: John the godless engineer about God the Johnless engineer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh.
2: Okay, let's try that again. You just stop laughing. You're me laugh. Now
3: let me take a sec me this sounds so hateful but I swear to God are raped by priests and since the holy men of god they get away scot-free and the pope does his very best to keep it on the hush don't want to affect business he loves money too much we know that they love the kids but how the fuck can we protect them while they planning to molest them we're teaching them to respect them thank them fuck that the system is broke down working backwards and the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them the parties of god Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a second. Don't mean it sounds so hateful. But I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet. You're not alone. Speak your mind, time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer. And Something to be a-